All right. Give God praise like you mean it. All right. Hallelujah. So uh, we are going to the book of Deuteronomy, and I guess i got to preach fast. I don't know if that's ever worked, but... Uh, Is that what it is? So they're, they're going to let me go longer? Well, I don't want to. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 30. Uh, we have here um, verse 19 and 20. Let's go ahead and read it. It just says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Look at your neighbor and say, choose life. Choose life. Hallelujah. Kind of helps you along here. Choose life. Why? That both you and your descendants may live. In other words, it's going to affect not only you, but those around you. And it says that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life. Amen. Your life. Amen. That's why you choose life, because He's your life, right? And the length of your days. In other words, it talks about the promise of longevity, and that you may dwell in the land. In other words, the promise, amen, of an uh, inheritance, praise God, which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham and Isaac, uh, and Jacob to give them. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have been talking about uh, uh, keep, to keep choosing life. Amen. How many know we're called to choose life? Amen. How many know it's your choice whether you choose life or you don't? Uh, you know, whether you choose the blessing or not. And uh, the choice really isn't just primarily about making a selection. You know, if you, you put up, a, you know, the, the blessing or the curse, you know, there really ain't really anybody's going to look at the curse and say, yeah, I choose the curse when you understand what the curse looks like. And, of course, we took some time a couple weeks back and began to look at that and what it means and what the Scripture has to say, chapters 27, chapter 28, chapter 29, chapter 30, all talking about uh, this blessing and the curse, all right? It defines it, all right? And there ain't nothing in the curse that anybody wants. Come on now. In fact, maybe even some of the folks that came up for prayer today, that's part of the stuff attacking them is called the curse, are you with me? Yeah. So I don't like the curse. You don't like the curse. And if we were just kind of laid in, you know, if it were just laid out in front of us, the blessing and the curse, there ain't very many people that would say, yeah, I take the curse. I mean, and there might be a few. I, who knows? But for the most part, I think everybody's going to choose the blessing, right? Anybody in their right mind would choose the blessing. I'll say it that way. Yeah. All right? So it isn't really just referring to making a selection like that. The bottom line he's talking about is he's your life. He's saying, choose me. Yes. If you will choose me, amen, then, you know, you're going to walk in that blessing. Amen. That's what he's bringing out. I am your life, he says. Amen. So choose life. Choose me is what he's saying. Right. Amen. Right. Choose me. In fact, uh, the New Living Translation in that verse 20 uh, says it this way. You can make this choice. I love how he says it. In other words, if you're going to choose life, this is how you make the choice. You make this choice by loving the Lord, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him, for this is uh, the key to your life. Amen, it goes on to say. Hallelujah. So, look at your neighbor and say, make a good choice. Amen. Amen. So, it starts by loving God. Amen. In fact, that's what verse 20 brings out. This word love, and i got to bring this out because of where we're going. Amen. This word love here is a word that means uh, to befriend. Okay, this particular word in this, in this reference here in Deuteronomy, it refers to befriending. So what, what he's, it starts with is a relationship with God. Come on, somebody. See, a lot of people get saved, and that's about the extent of it. Okay, you got a lot of people that go to church, 
and, and have no real intimacy with God, have no true relationship with God. They just get saved and they go, okay, great. Now I'm heaven bound. Someday I get to go to heaven. But until then, we live like hell. Are you hearing me? There's a, li- there's a life that we can have in God, but it starts with a relationship with God. It starts with communing with God. Your patriarchs of faith, uh, the word says this about a majority of, the, of our patriarch uh, heroes that we love. It said that they walked with God. Many of them, it says they walked with God. What that means is they carried on small talk. That's what it means. So we're talking about befriending God. We're talking about creating a friendship, a bond, amen, communicating, amen, with your God. And if you will begin to do that, little by little, you begin to come into tune. I could say uh, your antenna, so to speak, goes up. Maybe this is old school now, isn't it? Uh, you know, the antenna goes up. You begin, to, you begin to pick up, amen, to tune in and pick up the voice of God. Some people say, I've never heard the voice of God. Well, when's the last time you talked to him? I know people that have been married for years don't know each other's voice either. Like... Dude, you need to talk to her. Well, she does enough for the both of us. No, that ain't how this works. There's got to be communication. Amen. Hallelujah. You befriend each other. You learn to communicate. That's what determines friendships is, is a level of communication that goes on between individuals. Amen. So it starts with a friendship. It starts with a bond, amen, a communication. It starts with developing a friendship, amen, with God. Then it says obeying His voice. And it's talking about, amen, as you begin to befriend God, communicate with God, little by little you start getting insight. You start getting that witness, amen. And all He's asking is follow it. That's it. Follow it. Look at your neighbor and say follow it. Amen. So the word is real clear, amen, that as you begin to follow that voice, you begin to follow the instruction, the word obey, there is a word that means to hearken, all right? It's a word that means to listen with intent to follow. So as I begin to communicate with God, now God begins to communicate with me, and all he's asking is follow me. See, this is where the children of Israel went wrong. That first generation wouldn't follow him. He'd lead them, and they just didn't want to follow He'd say, come worship with me. Oh, no, no, we don't want it. We send Moses. Ah, we don't want it. Ah, whatever. So what happened was, all right, now they're roaming around in a wilderness because of a choice. So a choice, the, first, the choice starts with loving him. Choosing life and then following when he leads you. And the last word, that cling to him in verse 20 uh, the, the word in the uh, New Living uses says a commitment because that's exactly what that word cling means. It means a commitment. And why that's so important, not only do I develop a relationship, not only do I begin to follow when he leads, but I'm committed to it. I find that most Christians are not committed to this. They only follow when it's convenient. They only follow when, uh, you know, when they you know, only want to. Is anybody hearing me? So it needs a commitment, okay? Because every main choice in choosing life, in choosing Him, then follows with multiple small choices along the way. And if we will follow, guess what happens? You begin to walk in the blessing. Amen. The reason the curse is rampant in people's lives because they don't want to follow. Or they're not listening. It can happen. Are you with me? So are you still with me or am I boring you? No. 
All right, I said all that because Moses is the one, of course, delivering this message and talking it, but we're going to talk some more about Mr. Moses, all right? And so we're going to go back to Hebrews 11 today, amen? Spend a little time in Hebrews 11 before I let you go. Hebrews 11, and I believe Moses began to understand this and get a hold of it. And the scripture in Hebrews 11 are very clear. It's, it's really the patriarchs of faith are, uh, you know, those are heroes of faith, so to speak. This is a, a, a listing. It isn't all of them, obviously, but men and women of God who have done great things with their faith, who have believed God or trusted God or had confidence in God, were assured of God, followed God, even when maybe everything naturally didn't, was, wasn't really in their favor, but they made decisions to keep pressing in and do the God thing. Look at your neighbor and say, do the God thing. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And so they go down in history then as, you know, our hall of faith, you know, patriarchs of faith, praise God. Hallelujah. And so uh, Mr. Moses... Uh, there's some, some verses in here to talk about him. Verse 23, it starts here. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. Now, obviously, his parents did the right thing here because he saw he, or they saw he was a beautiful child. Okay, it wasn't just that he was good looking. Amen. Hallelujah. It really means an unusual or exceptional child. In other words, they knew there was a calling on this child is what it means. So they, they recognized there was a calling on him. Now, if you know the story, of course, they didn't want to uh, eliminate their son. They were, the, the Pharaoh was calling for them all to be killed. Remember that? So they put uh, little Moses in a basket, sent him down the river, and, and Moses' daughter, or pardon me, Pharaoh's daughter, I mean, uh, found, uh, found this child and obviously knew it was one of the Israelites, obviously knew, come on, come on. But she saw something in this little infant because she could have just went ahead and drowned the little thing. Are you with me? Am I getting too graphic or not? That's, that's the word, right? So, uh, you know, she could have. She could have said, oh, those Israelites trying to save their kid. Let's kill it. Well, she goes, man, she looked at it too. She goes, whoo, this is an exceptional child. Amen. There's something unusual about this child. Right? So through the whole process of things, amen, uh, got uh, um, the, the parent, uh, the, the mom of, of Moses, and, and, you know, through the whole deal, basically uh, nursed the child, and then after several months, brought the child then into Pharaoh's household, all right, and uh, raised this child. Are you with me? All right, so a lot said there in just a couple minutes. And it said, they were not afraid of the king's command, talking about the parents of Moses. And by faith, then Moses, when he became of age, okay, refused. Look at this, refused. Everybody say refused. Because this is going to be a key here. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. All right, made a choice here. Choosing rather, verse 25, to suffer affliction. That literally means uh, persecution. To, it literally means to endure persecution with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. All right? So he made a choice. Everybody say he made a choice. Now, the thing you got to understand, because we're talking about making choices, okay, the key here is this, okay, to choose you also must refuse. There really is no choice unless you're refusing something. See, I'm not trying to, you know, fly over everybody's head here. It's just, it's just what it is. Okay, I choose this, which means that I don't choose this. 
Okay, so he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he refused that and chose something else. He said, I made a decision because he obviously knew, okay, where he was from. They didn't hold that back from him. He obviously knew he was an Israelite or at least born an Israelite. Come on, somebody. He he knew that. So he made a decision, okay, because he is an unusual young man. Come on. With a call on his life, understanding he had a call on his life. In fact, the scriptures are clear. If you take the time and read the book of Acts in chapter 7, it brings this whole story out. And it says that he knew he was called to be a deliverer of God's people. And the whole scene when he, he killed the Egyptian to protect that uh, Israelite. And then the next day he stepped out there and, of course, he got called on the carpet and he didn't know what to do. He kind of freaked out and hoofed it. Are you hearing me? Yeah. I'm trying to speed this up. Have you noticed? Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing it too much and everybody's kind of like, okay, dude, I'm, I'm trying to track you here. The point is this, he knew, in his heart, he knew he was called to be a deliverer. He knew he was supposed to deliver God's people. He just kind of went about it wrong. Okay? Wasn't totally trained yet, didn't totally have, you know, all the answers yet. He just thought, okay, I'll just kill one Egyptian and maybe tomorrow I'll kill another one and whatever. The point was that wasn't going to work for him. So, needless to say, he ends up on the backside of the wilderness. Come on. And for 40 uh, years out there before God then appears to him again and says, Hey, dude, you still have a call. Now, the point is this. We see in Moses' life the reason, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why he was a man chosen because he was willing to make the choices. He was willing to refuse something. I mean, it even goes on here and it talks about, uh, you know, that esteeming the reproach or the, uh, you know, real, it means reviling or uh, the abuse or the insults, the criticisms, okay, uh, 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 choose, or esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. In other words, the point is this. He was willing to even take all the, the abuse, uh, the criticisms. Listen, he goes from Pharaoh's household to nothing. Now, that's going to look pretty stupid to most people. You're willing to give up all of this for this? Yeah. See, there was something about the man. He understood that he needed to make a choice. Now, I believe with all my heart that he just, you know, went about it a little wrong. Later on, got a hold of it, praise God, and became the deliverer of God's people. Amen? Now, a couple references here. Let's real quick put Philippians 3.13. Amen. If you're going to move forward in God, if you're going to choose God, if you're going to choose the higher life, the way of God, however you want to word it, amen. How many know in order to move forward, you're going to have to leave some things behind? Am I right? Okay, verse 13 of Philippians 3 just says this real quick. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. If we're ever going to reach forward, if we're ever going to move forward, is anybody hearing me? Then we're going to have to, there needs to be, a, there needs to be letting go of something. 
Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Come on now. See, if you're going to press forward, there's things that you're probably going to let go of. Okay, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you what you have to let go of. I'm not, I'm not sitting here riding you. Come on, I'm not here condemning you. I'm just saying, if, if, if there's, there's always, if we're going to choose to go forward, there's always going to be a refusal of something back here. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, there's something you've, you've made a choice to move forward, which also means I've got to be willing to let loose of something. Hebrews 12 and 1 talks about running a race, but it says you've got to let go of some things. Come on, somebody. Even though we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Again, saying the same thing. There's a race to run. We're choosing a higher way. We're choosing the God way. We're going God's direction. And in order to choose life, there's also going to be some things you're going to refuse or let go of. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Anybody hearing me today? That's the facts, okay? It's the facts. Now, I'm not up here condemning you, as I said earlier. I'm not pointing anything out in your life. If you'd like me to, just raise your hand and I will. I'm not here to do that, okay? But you know as well as I do that in any one of us in here who have made choices to move forward in God, there were probably some things we had to let go of, right? And probably, to be honest, as we keep moving forward, there's going to be other things. It could be pride. It could be arrogance. It could be, uh, you know, your, your love for this and a love for that that maybe needs to just take a back seat once. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. Verse 26, again, hallelujah. Actually, verse 25, maybe I better... Bring it back up here a little ways. Choosing rather to suffer or endure persecution or affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. I want to just bring this out, okay? Um, a lot of times you hear that and read that, you might think, you know, you're only thinking about, you know, uh, well, everybody's kind of have a different uh, mindset about it. But the word sin itself is defined in Scripture as to know to do good and not to do it. That means that, you know, and just for the record, every sin is a mistake, but not every mistake is a sin. Are you hearing me? So he's talking about here, he was willing to, the passing pleasure of sin. What was, it, what was the sin? Well, he knew what he was called to do. And anything contrary to that wouldn't do. Are you with me? So what Moses made the decision is, I know what I'm called to do here. So none of this is going to work now. So that's why he said, I refuse to be referred to as the, Pharaoh's, uh, the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm willing to let loose of Pharaoh's household for whatever else that means for me ahead. All I know is I'm called to do something, and anything contrary to that is what I need to let go of. Are you willing to do that? The word passing in that verse, it, it, it's a word that means temporary or, or momentary. And, and to me, sometimes it's, it's just letting go of the temporary for the eternal. 
Okay, I'm willing to let go of this. It's just, it's just this fleeting, passing, momentary. Somebody says, you know, well, well, sin's fun for a season. Yeah, for a season. And then it runs out. And then all hell breaks loose. Is anybody hearing me? Now, I know maybe none of you have experienced that, but I experienced it a few times. Come on, somebody. And there's nothing fun about it when the season runs out. So it's like, you know what, I choose, I choose him, I choose the higher life, the way of God, and I let loose of that mess. I don't need it. It just, it just messes up your day anyway. Is anybody with me? Yes. Hallelujah. Verse 26, again, it goes on to talk, talk about esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For we look to the reward. It's referring to, when you kind of look at this, in fact, the, um, it's the Passion Translation. It says, for his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate. Face great reward. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. So again, it's kind of saying the same thing, that we're letting go of the immediate to grab the ultimate. And sometimes that's the fact in our walk of God, isn't it? I choose his way, even though maybe, you know, momentarily it might inconvenience me a bit. Am I in the right house? I think I went to the wrong church today. Come on, sometimes it's the facts, all right? It, sometimes, you know, you're, sometimes it's a little inconvenient. I, I, you know, I, I kind of like that, you know, being able to keep doing that. And, but it's like we're choosing a higher road now, fella. Come on now. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, choose the higher way. <laughs> Book of Acts, verse 20. Uh, in fact, I'm skipping some of this here, but uh, verse 24 of chapter 20. Paul said this, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, the point I thought it was worthy of bringing up is he, he understood. He knew it was ahead. He knew that the pressure was on. He, he had a word from God, actually multiple words from God, that there was a few, there's some pressure moments coming ahead. But he says, you know what? I choose his way because his way is better. I choose the ultimate and I let, let loose of the immediate. Come on, somebody. Because what I could do right now, I could just say, you know, you're right. Um, I don't want no pressure. So I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to hide out. But he chose to finish the race that he was called to. And, and I think Paul, you know, like, like Moses, uh, you know, knew there was some pressure ahead. Okay. But I choose to not be moved by the pressure. Now, why is that so worthy of bringing up? Because it's usually the pressure that hinders us from making the choice or the decision we should make. Am I right? Because momentarily, that momentary pressure on us causes us to say, you know what, um, I'm going to postpone that stuff ahead the ultimate, so I can be without pressure for the moment. And it happens a lot. And uh, it's not a, good, it's not a good, uh, uh, good road to be on. Are you with me? Yeah. Matthew 10 and 39, if you put that up, please. 
Hallelujah. It says, he who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, that sounds kind of, you know, okay. So let's put the Amplified up there. Let's see if you got that. Whoever finds his lower life. I kind of like how he words it in the Amplified. He's talking about this earthly thing. Whoever finds the lower life will lose the higher life. And whoever loses his, the lower life on my account will find the higher life. I like how it's worded. I, I choose the higher life. Anybody else? So it means there might be some things here I may have to say no to, or some things here I may have to say, I do not choose that. I refuse that. I choose this. Now, again, I ain't standing up here pointing my finger. I'm not here telling you what you have to let go of. I'm not, I'm not reading your mail. I'm just saying if anybody wants to move forward in God and choosing a higher life, there's probably going to be some things we're going to have to just let go of. John the Baptist said this, talking about Jesus, that he must increase, John 3 and 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. And the point being made is for him to increase, I have to decrease. Now, I, I know he, what he was talking about in context, but it, to me, it, it just says a lot because it's exactly right. The less of me that gets involved, the more him, come on, that can stand forth. Yeah. The more I choose him, there's probably going to be a, a little bit less of me. Somebody says, well, that's dangerous. You're darn right it is. That's where the pressure comes. You know, it's, you know, intimacy, as I brought out, you know, the last, you know, couple weeks especially, uh, creates vulnerability. And the more intimate you get with God, the more vulnerable you become. And a lot of people are like, yeah, we don't want to go there. Well, see, then you miss out on some things. Because the more intimate, you, more intimate you become, the more of a friend you become with him, the more he begins to communicate to you about things. And it isn't always just about what you shouldn't do. Sometimes it's just little things he talks to you about, amen, that's going to be beneficial for your life. And as you follow that and stay committed to that, pretty soon you're walking in the blessing. Everything you've ever wanted begins to manifest. But you've got to kind of press through those things. Be willing to say, you know what, I choose uh, to increase, or probably to, to decrease that he might increase. Okay, are you still with me? All right. You go a little bit further down here back in Hebrews, and I, I'm sorry if I'm all over the map here, but uh, sometimes that happens here. Um, but verse 27, he goes on to say, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Look at that. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible or unseen. In other words, praise God, amen, I choose, amen, the God that even though I may not be able to see Him with my physical eyes, I choose Him. Regardless of the pressure, he said, I choose Him over Egypt. I choose Him over the king or Pharaoh. I choose Him. Still with me? The Word says this, actually earlier, I don't know if I gave him the reference back there, but earlier in this chapter, in verse 6, it brings out, he says, uh, you know, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. For those that come to him must believe that he is, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Which means is you've got to believe, amen. In other words, even though he may be unseen to the natural eye, you know that you know that you know he exists. He's present. So the more of that that comes alive, and this is where that friendship, that intimacy comes, because the more intimate and more of a friend you become with him, the more aware you are of his presence. 
You'll probably say something different, do something different if you knew he's actually sitting in the seat next to you. It's just a thought, you know, I'm just saying. Things begin to, you know, modify, and then pretty soon he's communicating, he's leading, he's guiding. You're following because, you know, he, he's increasing, I'm decreasing. Less of me, more of him. Praise God as I'm being led. All of a sudden, praise God, now the blessing begins to manifest. It's everything you want is in the blessing. I said everything you want is in the blessing. Everything you want is in the blessing. And so he's saying is that the more you choose me, the more the blessing is in manifestation in your life. So again, we're back to this. I choose, but in order to choose, I have to also refuse. Sometimes I've got to let go of some things. All right. Joshua 24, we're just about done. Are you still with me? Okay, Joshua 24, we've used this as a reference, I think, once or twice in this series. But uh, Joshua talking to the children of Israel. Okay, this is the second generation. Remember, they went in, they took the promised land. And Joshua led them in, the second generation in to take the promised land. Now they got done taking the promised land, and now they divide up the land. They have to do all that kind of stuff. And, and G, so now... Joshua is addressing the people. He says, if it seems evil to you. Now, this word evil is really a word that just, it just means pointless or meaningless. If, this, if it seems pointless to you or meaningless to you to serve the Lord. Now, he's talking to a people that he just got done going through. Actually, uh, was it 30, 32 or 33 consecutive battles? Okay, they take the promised land. He divides up and everybody, you know, everybody gets their piece of or plot of land. But then he says, okay, I also know what's going on and I know where you're at. And the same pressure that your parents uh, dealt with is the same pressure you're going to deal with. So I need to know something. If it seems pointless or meaningless or evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you're going to serve. Make the choice. Whether the gods uh, which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. You can, you can go back there. You can hook up with everything that's going on around here. Or, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Amen. Anybody in agreement with that? Yeah. Now, all he's saying is make the choice. That's it. Just make the choice. And somebody says, well, you know, ah, come on now, Pastor. He, that when, when he got done saying that, the, the children of Israel argued with him. They said, that ain't going to happen. He said, actually, if you don't make the right choices, it will happen. And it was like a decade later, they're already slipping and falling and hooking up to stuff they had no business hooking up to. Is anybody hearing me? So everybody say, make the choice. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, are you doing okay or you think I'm beating on you today? Somebody said something the other day. I said, you know, if I want beat on, I just listen to Pastor Jerry. I'm like, really? Okay. Maybe I do get a little hard sometimes. I apologize if I am, but I don't apologize for the message, though. All right, here we go. First Kings 18 and 21. Remember Elijah, uh, you know, at Mount Carmel? Come on. And before the uh, prophets of Baal, he, he came uh, to all the people and he said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If it's Baal, then follow him. 
I mean, he's just trying to make it clear. You got to make a choice. Somebody got to make a choice, but you can't just, you can't play on both sides of the fence. And, and the problem that we have uh, in our society is everybody tries to play on every side of the fence. And now we don't even know where a fence is anymore. There's just fences shoved everywhere and, and we can play on any fence we want to play on. Well, the church, you know, uh, you know, here we go, we get saved, we get born again. I said we get saved, we get born again. I said we get saved, we get born again. Come on, we made Jesus Lord of our life. I mean, we made Jesus Lord of our life. I said we made Jesus Lord of our life. So if he's Lord, then serve him. Make the choice, right? But you're also going to have to let go of this because there's some stuff back here that probably just needs to go. Now, I'm not telling you what has to go. I'm telling you again. But if you want me to, just raise your hand, and we'll look at your life under a microscope and tell you what you need to change. Or you can just let God talk to you. I think it would be better, right? Wouldn't it be better to have the Father talk to you about it instead of your pastor? I said, wouldn't it be better? Of course it is. And I'd, I'd rather be that way too. Some of that stuff you do, I don't want to know. I'm just saying, right? But, but if you begin to let, you know, become intimate with God, all of a sudden he's talking to you about things. He says, you know, that'd probably be something to let loose of. Have you ever had God tell you to let loose of something? I said, have you ever had God tell you to let loose of something? <laughs> Better leave that one alone. Hallelujah. How about this? Matthew 6 and 24. See, it's always about decisions. You can't, you can't, you know, no one can serve two masters. You either hate the one, love the other, else you'd be loyal to the one, despise the other. Uh, you can't serve God and mammon. I mean, there's a choice there. You can't, you can't serve both. You've got to make a decision what you're going to serve. Look at your neighbor. Say, I choose God. Galatians 1. Let's look that up. Come on. Hey, see, we're moving along. Come on, right, right? Galatians 1, 10 says, for do, not, uh, for do I now persuade men or God? This is Paul talking, right? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So he says, listen, I, I got to make a decision. Am I worried more about, am I more concerned about what God thinks or what man thinks? See, this is what, this is what Moses was, this is what he was talking about. I'm more concerned with what my God thinks than what people think. And, and by making this choice, I know I look stupid to the normal human being. I know by making this choice, they're all going, dude, look what you're giving up. Look at, look at what you're refusing. Look what you're letting go of. And to the natural mind, it doesn't, it doesn't compute. But when you make the choice and the decision, I choose life. I choose God. I choose the higher life. Then there's no question. It's like, duh. Here we go. But when we're sitting here, you know, faltering between, you know, you know, then, then it's like every time something comes up, you have to go, well, well, hmm. Uh, mm, should I? Should I not? Mm, you know, well, could be, maybe. Uh, oh, this is so hard. No, it ain't. Not when you've made a choice. 
for life. And you say, I choose life. In order to choose, i got to be willing to say, okay, I refuse. And there are some things, you know as well as I do, got to be let loose of. And for some of you, okay, it's, it's flat out sin. Because you already know. I'm not looking at anybody. It's all good. I'm, I'm trying to actually look over you a little bit. So I don't want to say, I know he's looking right at me. No, listen, we're, we've all been to this place. It's like God's dealing with us about something, and we go, you know what? Uh, I'm not listening. You know, itchy ears, you know, it talks about those that have itchy ears. Because when you scratch your ears, you only hear about every other word. So a lot of people have itching ears. They just, they just, you know, scratch their ears and they say, well, what was that? What, what was that? But most of the time we know. Come on, right? Now, there might be some other things. The Spirit of God might talk to you about something. If you want this to increase, you want this thing to be better, you might have to modify this. You may have to let loose of this. You may have to change this. And that's okay. Because I like the blessing. I like the blessing. And when the blessing's intact, the blessing's flowing and moving, amen, it sure beats anything on the other side. No matter what you think you gave up. So, I choose life. Anybody choose life today? Wow! Hallelujah! You better stand up or I'll keep preaching. Hallelujah. I choose life. I choose the blessing. I choose God. I choose the higher life. Come on, somebody. I choose, hallelujah, my king. I choose my Lord, hallelujah. I choose, amen, his ways over anything else. Now, look at your neighbor and say, I'm choosing life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you get something today? Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.